If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Galatians one more time. Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. Beginning with verse 22 uh, and 23. <clears throat> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. And Paul says against all of these, there is no law. We can practice every one of these fruits of the Spirit and grow in each one of them. That's the idea, that we grow. But tonight is self-control. And may we see maybe where we are in this fruit of the Spirit tonight. May we pray. Father, touch our hearts, open our minds to receive what you have for us tonight, that we'd be better guards of the fruit that you've instilled in us as Christians. Just uh, make your presence known to us in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. My nerves are to all the pieces. Now, she ain't gonna do nothing. She's what I'm talking about. Speak up, Charlie. That's right. Not too good at odds, is it? <laughs> well, I wanted to do this different tonight. I appreciate those of you who, if you didn't volunteer, you got drafted. <laughs> but every one of these is called losing control. Now, every one of us would have to admit that we feel like really doing that sometimes. We really, we do, do, do. There was an elderly lady in Earl's Grove. I mean, she, she, hey, she was late 70s when we went there. And she was a loving lady. She she wrote cards to everybody for every occasion. At her funeral, I said, if you never got a card from Mama Opal, it's because she didn't know you. She sent cards to everybody. But one of her sayings was this. I never will forget it. <laughs> if things wasn't going well, I'm so mad I could spit, preacher. So, oh, now, <laughs> Mama Opal, <laughs> don't do none of that. We've we got to get control of the situation here. Well, I've thought about those things. 
and we're all guilty of them. And what I understand about them, when we lose self-control, we start sometime, if we, if we, as Robert says, milk it long enough, we're going to get ulcers. Ulcers are going to show up. High blood pressure is going to show up. Strokes is going to show up. Heart attacks is going to show up. Nervous breakdowns is going to occur. And I used to just think it happened to little children, but it happens to adults. Temper tantrums. I mean, this pitch a fit. Well, when I think about the fruits of the Spirit, there's four little simple things, and they are simple. First of all, we need to control our time, okay? Everybody's bidding for my time, okay? Everybody wants a piece of the pie. What are you doing Monday? What are you doing Tuesday, Wednesday? On and on it goes. And, and I've learned early on, and I've learned to, to take first come, first serve, and then you don't have to lie. Just write it down on your calendar. Hey, this is where I'm going to be Monday, this is where I'm Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. Write it down. And then when somebody says, hey, I've got to talk to you, okay? Here's my schedule. Where do you want me to meet you? You know, it, we must, listen, as Christians now, I'm not talking about off-the-wall people. I'm talking about Christians. We got to be in control of our time. Now, when I said as Christians, God's in control, supposed to be. He's supposed to be in control of our lives. So if we want to be in control of our time, we got to allow him to call the shots because I don't know what this evening holds. He does. I don't know what tomorrow and no other day holds, but he does. But I know that he's going to give me 24 hours in that one day. I can sleep all 24, I can stay up all 24, or I can work all 24, or I can goof off all 24, whatever I choose to do. I need to be doing it for his glory and for his honor because every step, according to the Bible, every step of a good man, and I want to say this, a good woman is ordered by the Lord. It's not suggested. It is ordered by the Lord. And when I think of, uh, of control of my time, I think about reviewing our time. Now, Psalm 90 Verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that our hearts might understand and know the wisdom of God. Teach us. We're asking, it's a request. Teach us to number our days. Remembering the important times. Ecclesiastes, the writer, Solomon, chapter 12 Verse 1, it says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Okay? In the days of our youth. Well, think back for a moment about your youth. What were you doing? Let's say this the teenage years, okay? What were we doing during the teenage years? According to statistics or whatever, all of our traits and habits and what have you done been formed. By the time we reached 13. But it seems like when we reached 13, there's something about that teen, 
that rang a bell that, hey, I'm a teenager now. I can do what I want to. And so we as parents, after we passed on through that and got married, we became parents. Then we have to deal with those teenage years. But we need to remember our creator in the days of our youth. What did we do? You know, I, I see... Um, I see myself in our boys and uh, I'm seeing maybe just a little bit in the grand youngins. Um, Josh and I had a great day Saturday. We basically spent the entire day together. Of course, we was working, but we spent about the whole day together. And uh, he'd suggest things and I'd suggest things and it was real comical because um, if you backed up uh, 25 30 years ago, uh, you know, there was the shouting matches. And so we're talking to what we're doing, and we're talking just calm, talking. And uh, I, I told him, I said, I think we need to do this way. He said, quit hollering at me. And then he just laughed. <laughs> Teach us to number our days. We reflect back on our youth days. What did we do? Maybe sometimes what we did in our youth days is the way we are now. That could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. If we, if we didn't have good teenage years and, and good upbringing, uh, then, and, and we got saved in a later, in, in later in life, you know how to appreciate your salvation more than some of us who were saved as children. I've heard people share the testimony and, and then hear somebody say, man, I wish I had a testimony like that. No, you don't. For a person who, who's been delivered from drugs, from a person who's been delivered from alcohol to stand up and share their testimony, and here you or I sit who was saved as a child, and we've never experienced none of that. No, you don't want a testimony like that. You have a testimony. Your testimony is the Lord Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believed in him. I invited him into my heart. We review. We, we uh, remember um, our time. But there's another thing about controlling our time. Uh, Colossians talks about we need to redeem the time. Uh, make most of the chances to tell others about the good news of Jesus. Take that opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Then we need to realize the importance of our time too. We're not put here to stay. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow never comes. So all we have is today. So we need to realize the importance of this particular day, the day in which we have. Uh, we know that the scripture says, today is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in that day. Um, Ephesians chapter um, 5, uh, 15 and 16 uh, says that uh, to be careful how we act in these difficult days. It says, don't be, a, a, don't be fools, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity that you have. Sometimes that opportunity only comes one time with a particular person and it's over with. And if we didn't do what we felt like we should have, that opportunity may never ever uh, come again. So 
We need to guard our time, be in control of our time as we, we talk about uh, self-control. <clears throat> Secondly, not, not only uh, controlling our time, but also we need to control our temper. Uh, you know, I selected these five, not because I know them, not because of, of, of whether they have a temper or not. I selected them because I knew they would shout out and get on with it. Um, they looked at me when I give it to them like, are you serious? I said, yeah. I thought back, Land will remember, uh, one, one Sunday evening uh, at Earl's Grove, it was um, the opening part. We had training union, discipleship training, and it was opening part, and the skit was a husband and wife in an argument. Well, we'd already set up the stage up here, and, and uh, like some of you, they, they came in late. Some of them came in late, right in the middle of Lynn and Mai's heated family conversation. I mean, we were all over that stage. I mean, she was after me, and I was after her back and forth, and one of the people who came in late was an elderly man. While all this is going on up here to make a point, <laughs> he leans over to his neighbor and says, what's wrong with them? <laughs> So tonight, Mark said it's time to go, and I kept waiting around because I wanted everybody who was supposed, who supposedly was going to come to be in here so they wouldn't get caught completely off guard. But I know that some of you were, especially when Spark Plug stood up and said, I'm mad enough to spit, and then this one, I mean, I wish I had a picture of those of you who had no clue uh, what was going on. Uh, I know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, we, need, we do need to control our temper. You know, I'm not saying not to let it fly, but we just need to be careful where we let it fly. Because if we let it fly in the wrong place, listen, it's going to fly and hit somebody. And that person's going to be disappointed in you and disappointed in me. The Bible talks about having patience and anger. Remember? Jesus said, be angry and sin not. He drove the money changers out of the temple. Do you think he did it calmly? I doubt it. You think he was angry? Very much. Was he upset? Certainly was. But so the Bible teaches us we, we can be angry, but in our anger, don't sin. Proverbs 16, 32 says, be slow to anger. Study about it before you take action. Uh, we need to have patience and anger. We need to practice um, the advice, uh, Ecclesiastes again, 7, 9 says, it is never right to become angry quickly. Never right to become angry quickly. Um, do we get punished for anger? Certainly we do. In Matthew 5, 22, um, the punishment for anger is the judgment of God. The judgment of God. That's why it's so important, so necessary to ask for forgiveness of sins every day. Start our day, Lord, help me. And at the close of that day, or even as it happens, go on and get it settled. Don't harbor uh, the stuff. Be slow to take offense. In James 1.19, he says that Christians should be swift to hear, slow to speak, 
and slow to get angry. Now, you know, God gave us two ears to hear. He gave us one tongue and a set of lips in which to produce. Have you ever tried talking with your mouth wide open? You can't do that. You can't do it if your mouth is shut. Someone said, I wish I was like a dog sometime. I said, which way? He said, I wish I'd wag my tail instead of my tongue. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, hey, um, it don't have to be a lady doing gossiping. It can be a man as well. This person came to the altar during the altar call and said, Preacher, I've been convicted about my gossiping. I want to lay my tongue on the altar this morning. Preacher said, It's 14 foot long. Help yourself. <laughs> How much room does it take to lay it out there? You see, God knows. And, and the Bible talks about this tongue as a deadly poison. A deadly poison. You can kill somebody with your tongue. You can kill their image. You can kill their character. And what's left? You know, I, I, as a pastor, I am one word or one incident of ruining the ministry that God's given me. One incident or one word is that close to ruining what God is doing. Now, <clears throat> we need to control our time and our temper. We also need to control our talents. By the way, I meant to mention this after Melanie got up here. Uh, some of you probably don't know. But we're going to do some changing here in the next year. Um, my trombone slide's getting real sticky, Mark. It don't want to do right. And this reason is because I don't play it. But Melanie plays the trumpet. And uh, we have played together. And uh, Lord willing, we going to do it again. She claims that it won't work. I said, we can fix it. Uh, but I want, us to, I want us to have, I want us to one day have instruments of all kind, playing during the service. I just think it, it just adds so uh, much to it. But God's blessed us. In Matthew 25, I'm not going to read all these verses, but Matthew 25, 15 through 30, talks about the master who was getting ready to leave. And so he gave uh, several of his workers uh, their uh, talents. And, and to one he gave five, to one he gave two, to one he gave one. He said, now I'll be back, you guys. Don't waste this. I'll be back. And I'm going to expect some return on this. So you know the story comes back and he calls them forth. The one he gave five said, Master, you gave me five. I've gone out and got five more. Therefore, I've got ten. He said, man, I am so proud of you. You, you, have, you have really done a wonderful job. And because you've done a wonderful job here, I'm going to give you some more stuff to do because I trust you now. And the one he gave two said, Master, you gave me two, and I went out and I've got two more, so I have four. He said, wow, I am so happy with you. And because you've been faithful over these two and you've gotten four, I'm going to give you more because I'm that proud of you. And then the last one said, just sort of hung his head and said, Master, you gave me one. And I, I, I went and, and buried it because I knew 
what a hard man you were, reaping where you had not sown, living where you did not provide. And I knew how you were, and I, just, I didn't want to waste mine, so I buried mine. And the master said, you worthless, sorry, no-count rascal. Because you've been unfaithful with this one thing, I'm going to give it to somebody else. And I won't trust you anymore with what I have because you're useless and you are worthless. You see, God's blessed us with so much and so many good features about us in this body of believers. I don't want us to waste that which God uh, has given us. So when the master comes, you know, he's going to show. And even, hey, not, not when he comes, but even before he comes, he is obligated to bless us if we've been faithful to him. And he knows who's faithful and who is not. So as we think about uh, control of our talents, uh, we need to use them uh, for the glory of God. And last of all, the control of our our uh, <clears throat> excuse me, control of our tongue. We've already talked a little bit about that, but James, James has a lot to say uh, concerning the tongue. Uh, there's three simple things about this tongue of ours. First of all, it can be a slanderous tongue. Slanderous tongue. James 3, 5 through 7. He talks about a sharp tongue can destroy others. He calls it a fire. Fire in the wrong place can destroy. He talks about a tongue of iniquity. He talks about the tongue defileth the entire body. It says we put bits in the horse's mouth so that we can turn them left and right and, and cause them to stop. We put rudders on massive ships to guide the ship to the left or to the right. But then he says, no man can tame the tongue. It's amazing, isn't it? This little instrument can do such harm he said, with the tongue, you can curse people out. But with that same tongue, you can speak sweetness, which is the best. Which is the best for us. Which is the best for our family. Which is the best for our church. Now listen, I don't want, I don't want to be guilty. I don't want you to be guilty of ever ever speaking negatively about our church. If we can't say something good about it, we need to get out of the company that we're in. Otherwise, we need to speak good about our church and what God is doing, okay? Not what I'm doing, what you're doing, but what God is doing. As I said, this past week and two weeks, uh, I, so many people have approached me about uh, the burning of the mortgage and our debt, being debt free. And, and, and I tell them right quick, I said, God has really blessed. God has really poured out the money through our people. Good things, okay? Hey, 
People are going to be wondering when they, they see signs going up in construction. What are y'all going to do now? We're growing. This, all you got to say, we're growing. You know, this, hey, listen, I am so proud of y'all. When, when I, and, and I shouldn't do this, I compare our church with others. We're doing great. But we can do better, okay? We can do better. I want us to do better. And so with our tongue, we need to glorify the Lord and have positive things to say about our church. So the slanderous tongue is a fire. It's full of iniquity. It's full of deadly poison. But listen to this one. How about the surrendered tongue? Surrendered. Now, whether you have real teeth or false, I do not like to bite my tongue. Do you? Anybody in here like to bite your tongue? How many of us do that on purpose? I've heard people say, I just had to bite my tongue to keep them saying what I was going to say. You may have fought it, but you wouldn't dare bit it. Hello? Every time I have ever bitten my tongue, I didn't do it on purpose. When I first got on blood thinner, I mean, I was bad. I loved chewing gum. And I bit my tongue, literally. I mean, I chewed a chunk out of it. Well, you know, of course it bled. And it bled. And it bled. I mean, I mean, about an hour went by. I could not get it stopped. And Lynn said, what are you going to do? I said, I guess bleed to death, I guess. <laughs> I don't know who she called, but somebody said, get him a tea bag and put it in his mouth, a dry tea bag. That was the horriblest tasting. I love tea, but that bag hadn't been in hot water. But it stopped it. You know, it reminds me of our life sometimes. We're so bitter. But once we go through the hot water <laughs> and add a little sugar, a little touch of lemon, it makes things different, don't it? But when I think about this surrendered tongue, I guarantee you if my tongue could talk, he would chew those teeth out. He probably said, I'll be so glad when you get pulled. I'll be so glad when you don't live in here. Then I can dodge the gums. Well, you know, a, a surrendered tongue, Ephesians 4.31. All evil is removed from a surrendered tongue. All evil is removed when we surrender ourselves to God. I mean, total lock, stock, and barrel sold out to Jesus. Our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, our tongue, our lips, our hands, our feet, everything. Now, I'm not going to say it don't get out of hand because the best we can do is going to accidentally bite our tongue. So, it might not hurt sometime if you're in a group and you bite your tongue, you tell somebody, look, I have just bitten my tongue. If you see it bleeding, let me know. <laughs> We need to help one another. If we want to be surrendered and, and even in our tongue, we need to help one another. Because sometimes we say things without thinking. 
And then we think what we've just said, and then we say, why did I say that? You know? But, as he said, bridles on horses, rudders on ships, but no man can tame the tongue. You know, it's a slanderous tongue. It needs to be a surrendered tongue. But then last of all, how about a sanctified tongue? Well, a sanctified tongue is solely set aside to glorify the Lord. Sanctified, that's what it means, set aside. In James 1 26, it's, if we do not control our tongue, our Christianity is useless. You can't say and talk about people over here and then turn around and tell, oh, I just love God. No, you don't. The Bible says, how can you say you love God whom you have never seen and you can't love somebody who you rub shoulders with or who you see talk and hear talk and, and, and hang out with? It, it doesn't mix, in other words. So this sanctified tongue it needs to be sanctified of the Lord. Solomon has a good solution to the whole ball of wax and this is what he says. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Again, we've got to guard. We've got to guard our tongue. I don't know why it is other than the devil that wants our tongue to be out of control. And when it's out of control, we do say things. Uh, that we don't mean. And sometimes we say things we do mean, and it's hurtful things. And we need to learn to use our tongue to glorify the Lord. So, you know, may we allow God, He's the only one that can, control our entire being. And so that self-control, it's a fruit that might be hard to come by, but it'll be worth tasting once we get it. It'll be worth eating once we get it. And it'll be worth sharing once we get it. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for allowing us in the last few weeks to go through the fruits of the Spirit and to uh, experience what you have for us. Lord, we just want to obey you. We just want to be all you would have us to be. And we know without you we're nothing. And we know without you that we are out of control. I thank you for those who was willing to participate tonight in the service. And Lord, may this be reminders that sometime this is really where we are. And may we guard our lives so you'll be glorified. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.